Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we are going to be talking about Spike Lee's newest film, Da Five Bloods. Yes, currently on Netflix. It was very exciting that Spike Lee's newest movie was on Netflix so that we didn't have to go to the theaters to see it. Oh yes, you know I am just reveling in the fact that I don't have to leave my house to go see a movie. Yeah. So, Side um, note, um, I couldn't help myself and I got myself a, a ticket for Tenet this Thursday. So, Oh, um, you actually have you actually have a movie theater? None of mine are open. None yeah. of mine are open. Yeah, they're really reduced. Um, I think it's like less than 50% or something. Um, so a lot of stuff was blocked out, but I, I got like one of the only not sold out ones for this week. So. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't help myself. I have to go see that movie in a theater. I, I, th- there's few movies that I have to see in a theater this year. It, Tenet is one of those movies. I just, I, it belongs in a movie theater. It belongs in a museum. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I can, I can agree with that. I can appreciate that. But, uh, I'd also just be down, uh, for paying overpriced for it somewhere online. Like, uh, you know, if, if, if they officially want to stream it, like, legitimately, like, I'm not saying, yeah. like, steal it and, like, oh, not, they're gonna. They're gonna. like, not pay for it. But, like, I mean, yeah. pay for it on a legitimate streaming site right. of, of their choosing. Yeah, yeah, pay 20 bucks. I'll do that. I'll do that, too. Like, I mean, as long as Definitely. I get to witness it. Yeah. Um, and it's full glory, then yeah, sure. Like, sure. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. And I, you um, know, I, I, I'm waiting, I'm a wait for that day when we can talk about it on the podcast. So, um, yeah, back probably, to probably be a bit. Bloods. Yes. So I had heard about this movie on Netflix. And then of course, with the tragic passing of, of Chadwick Boseman, Yes. Um, I I was reading all the articles about him, and I read that he was in Defy Bloods, and I said, you know, we should probably talk about this. Um, and it's Spike Lee, and yeah. you know how much we love Spike Lee. True. Um, so had had to watch it. Um, and I I anticipate that this movie will get some Oscar nods at least. So oh yeah. Um, I think it was good that we watched this. Um, and I definitely wanted to watch it anyway so it just was true true you know really tragic that chadwick died this past week um and he was a hero in this movie as well yes yeah i mean it i i read this uh article on the atlantic just after watching the movie today um called the Long Strange Journey of the Five Bloods, in which the uh, writer interviews um, David Sims, Spike Lee, and Danny Bilson, the writers and, and director of the movie. And they do talk about how they really wanted um, 
Chadwick to play this role of like a, a basically an angel uh, of a person who doesn't really get a chance to become somebody who's not as um, respected or, you know, he, he dies young, so he doesn't even get to become, you know, the kind of old crotchety man that all these guys get to be. Um, yeah, and not to mention the commander or the leader of a, of a group of, of just five people. I mean, like this, so probably no one knew what, I mean, well, I'm, I'm sure he got like a purple heart and stuff like he was mentioned after the fact, but mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, with the Vietnam War being so insane and with a lot of people dying in it, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the only men that will really um, cherish and appreciate his life is probably his, his troop, his, uh, his group that he led. Yeah, this is what Spike Lee said, quote, Here's the thing for me. This character is heroic. He's a superhero. Who do we cast? We cast Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, and we cast T'Challa, all characters played in prior films by Chadwick Boseman. Chad is a superhero. That character is Christ-like. Notice the way the cinematographer Newton Thomas Siegel shot him. There's light from heaven coming down on above him. So Couldn't have said it better mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just so... has like a way with words. So this is, yeah, that's that's exactly how he was portrayed, um, and uh, and yeah, I really I really enjoyed kind of how uh, we learned about his character. I mean, we really didn't learn a, we we learned as much as we could about mm-hmm. all five mm-hmm. of these uh, veterans throughout the yeah. movie. Yeah, and uh, and and I I mean, you gotta love how how Spike Lee loves to bring in very. Uh, very uh, current current events very mm-hmm. current events he is so mm-hmm. i don't know how he does it like how do you plan a movie years in advance and then bring in stuff that's happening at this exact moment <laughs> i i mean it's just especially with spike all of his movies are race related so yes that's always a topic that is necessary and current and relevant every exactly. time all the time and you know, it, he even says in this in this article again. They, you know, the, this other writer Wilmot says it's unfortunate that it came out of George Floyd's murder, but we have it back. That kind of unity and spirit that the Black Lives Matter movement has um, seen, especially in the past couple months. Um, and but the fact is, like these kind of race uh, matters have always been happening in America and I, I and obviously Spike Lee is extremely explicit in the way that he films things and also the way that he brings in media uh, and uh, horrific imagery um, he just kind of throws it in your face it, there's really no other way to put it yeah I mean if you're if if you're going to watch a Spike Lee movie like prepared to get to to learn and to get served basically like if you're if if you can't handle like these kind these types of true and necessary images then you should not be watching his films um, yeah and like you he, do learn a lot you're right yeah you learn so much yeah I mean this one definitely brought in a lot of the stuff that he talks about in his other films um, but it is more specific when it comes to the the, the general um, experience of a black soldier in America, more specifically the black soldiers in the Vietnam War 
and um, just the way that each of the five characters in the movie have felt like they were um, treated outside of uh, Vietnam um, as well as inside Vietnam. So we've just got so much variety of these people. Yeah, we have, um, we hear about a lot of their, um, not downfalls, but like their obstacles that they've, that they've received throughout their life, as well as they bring, they do bring up a lot, um, that throughout the Vietnam War, they felt like they were fighting a war that was not theirs to fight. Like, Mm -hmm. because again, they were not be they were, they were not treated as proper citizens of America. And the fact that they were thrown into this war that they didn't even want to fight or felt like Mm -hmm. they needed to, Mm because they... They didn't have any, like, they don't have any, um, what is it, like, pride for their country? Because why would they? The country's treating them terribly. So, yeah. yeah. So the fact that they're forced into this almost, um, and uh, kind of trying to make the best of things, you know, with uh, with brotherhood and, you know, friendship and, you know, just togetherness and just trying to get through this horrible experience together, um, it, it, it really speaks a lot. Yeah, um, I would just, I mean, I definitely loved, I loved that aspect of it. I loved the, like, varying degrees of, I mean, like, the the way that, you know, every single person, every single black person in this movie was, had a different perspective about everything, right? And even though they have a lot of shared experiences, they all kind of went their separate ways in the end and became quite different people. Like, Paul becomes a, a Trump supporter because he's just unhappy with the way that he sees the world and he wants to uh, fight that in some way by by following somebody who completely like he believes will help him and then we we have his son who's a who's a teacher who went to college and you know just has and a is teaching like different... black history yeah like he he sees it from a totally different perspective than his dad who actually lived through that history so you know there's there's a lot of different nuances and a lot of different characters um involved in this but there is still that overarching story of it's kind of a simple story they're they're they know this gold that they found uh that the u.s government meant to give the the people of vietnam um, all these like, like millions of dollars of gold bars. Um, yeah, because they wouldn't away. accept they wouldn't accept paper money, so they went with gold. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, yeah, they were supposed to deliver it, or no, they the it was getting delivered, and the plane went down. Yeah, so, so they went to go was, look for it. Yeah, um, back, like, this it is this is back during gone. the Vietnam War. So Chadwick Boseman, who is who plays a Storm and Norman, he takes a group to go find this plane that has gone down and 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 to finally deliver this gold to the Vietnam people to the Vietnamese people and yeah. um and you know when they get there they kind of say um they kind of say you know we're going to bury the gold tell them that we couldn't find it and we'll come right. back after this war is over and we will give it to the people who truly deserve it which is which are which are black americans who are not being mm-hmm. treated well in america mm-hmm. um and yeah. it will go to to their efforts of trying to to achieve equality um and and yeah, yeah i completely agree with you like i i wish we could have had time to learn about all of the guys but we really uh-huh. only learned about like otis and paul yeah. yeah really otis really. paul and norman yeah um we really didn't get to know the other like uh, uh what was their names um i think it there's was. uh eddie 
and um, yes. Melvin. Melvin, yeah. Um, yes, Eddie and Melvin. Um, yeah. We didn't really get to know, uh, get to learn a whole bunch about them, um, which is unfortunate. But uh, we did, we did learn quite a bit about Otis, David, and Paul. Um, yes, yes. So uh, we learned that Otis um, had had a woman that he fell in love with back during the Vietnam War, and they actually ended up having a child together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when he comes back to Vietnam years, all those years later, he meets up with her and finds out that she, in fact, had a, had their child. And, yeah. um, and so he feels like a sense of, you know, like he's missed out on this portion of his life that he could have had with this woman that, mm-hmm. he, that he obviously loves. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, and then we have Paul and his son who seem to be very different uh, yes, people. they are, um, yeah. So it's, it's been really great learning about all these, all these uh, veterans. Yeah, I was, I, I think a lot of the time I was basically, like, hoping that Spike Lee would subvert my expectations on the plot of the story. Definitely, like, when... You know, obviously, like, when David goes and meets that French woman, uh, Hetty, yeah, who's just gorgeous, by the way, and he meets her, and she brings up the fact that she is a mine and, and bomb dismantler um, in, obviously, a very mine-infested area. So you, right. she says this, and you're like, okay, so these guys are just going out there and just hoping that wherever they step, a, a mine won't be there. And, well, yeah, and apparently they couldn't go back to it. It took them so long to go back to Vietnam because mm-hmm. I guess some like a like it had gotten covered with with dirt and they just didn't know how to get back to the spot. But then a mudslide made a portion of the plane become visible or something. And that's why they yeah. they, they came yeah. back. Right. They didn't know where it was. And then they saw on the satellite maps that that plane was they found the area where the plane was. So then they knew where to go. Um, But it's just the, the tension, you know, Spike Lee, along with the throwing the, um, the history in your face, he also does a lot of dramatic, like he's a very dramatic director. He just, he gets in there. Like, he's just like, let's make this as dramatic as possible. Let's have this man, Otis, uh, father, a child with this other lady. And let's have, you know, Paul be the most, crazy mad person who's half in love with his son half hates him let's let's have you know half of them step on a landmine and explode like it's wild yeah which i mean mean, which we get that a lot from from his other movies like black klansman and you know he he, yeah he really likes a flair for the dramatic um (laughs) yes it's very uh, dramatic and, (laughs) and maybe in this movie it seems a little bit more well I, I, I thought I thought the dramatic the the dramatics kind of fit just with kind of yeah. where they were and the history behind it, it all. Yeah. Um maybe I definitely enjoyed the last hour of this movie more than the first hour. Because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I broke it up with, within two days. Yeah. Um and I really enjoyed the latter half because it kind of really brought it kinda tied the, the Storm and Norman uh part into it more and like mm-hmm. kinda like why because because these veterans went to Vietnam for two for two reasons: one, to find the gold, and two, to to find Storman's uh, remains, mm-hmm. so that he can mm-hmm. so he can they, they can bring him home and have him buried properly. Um, 
Yeah, which, like, the Pentagon respected, too. It was like they had papers from the Pentagon saying, yes, we will bring this back. He will get, like, a full honors uh, on his return. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, it's it's great. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, they they still respected this soldier for, for dying in the field and, like, being a, a captain. Yeah, and we're kind of following, I, I felt like this movie felt more about the journey than really the destination, because, of course, yeah. the, the men kind of go mad along the way. Paul yeah. already, is already suffering from a lot of, um, you know, post-traumatic stress. Yeah, definitely. And, and w- when we later find out that he was the one who, in fact, killed Norm, and maybe none well, of the... Friendly fire, yeah. Like yeah, fr- friendly fire. Of- yeah. On, on yeah. accident. He accidentally yeah. killed. He accidentally killed him. Um, and so that's been putting him through a, a lot of trauma. And basically with Norman haunting him throughout a majority of his life, he he really had a hard time with uh, recuperating from this. Um, and we kind of see this manifest as he's back in the place where all this trauma happened. And mm-hmm. re- really mm-hmm. to his downfall. I mean, it's it's very gory how how a lot of these how a lot of these men ended up dying. It's while they horrible. Were, I mean, while they it were is, taking this journey, it is incredibly gory. Like especially when the first one explodes and yes. half of his body is gone and he's screaming. I mean, it is just it is. Uh, I was watching that scene and I felt sick. Like I, I was watching it and just that was an hour into the movie. My heart started beating really fast because I knew that one of them was going to step on a fucking landmine, and and they did, and it was horrible. Like I just, oh, they're so scary. <laughs> yeah, I found myself guessing, and and I felt like I never really was able to do this with with Spike Lee movies, but I felt myself figuring out what was going to happen next. Yes, like he no, he I, he yes. really left. He really left steps for you to follow. Oh, and you're yeah. like, okay, well, he, this is going to happen now. It was, like, I was hoping that he, again, like I said, that he was going to subvert our expectations and not blow them up. Like, I was like, okay, don't do this because, like, we know it's going to happen. We know they're all going to end up yeah. getting picked off one by one. We know they're going to, you know, we, we, yeah, like, we know these, these, um, Vietnamese angry people are going to come and shoot them up. You know, it's like, why does it have to be that way? Can it just not? Can there just not be this much violence in this movie? You know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah. was just too, it was it was too clear for me that that was what was going to happen, you know? Like, this, it was the apocalypse now of, like, picking them off one by one, and that was going to be the, the idea of the movie. Well, and it's weird because um, I think... I think at one point I knew that Defy of Bloods was directed by Spike Lee, but then I think by the time I started, I had forgotten. So mm. I was just watching a movie that I didn't know who was the director of. And um, and so oh. that's that's how, that was my mindset going into the first half. And then uh-huh. actually, it took me an extra two days to finish the movie. So by uh-huh. the time, so I started it over the weekend, like on a Saturday night. And then... Um, it, I started it too late, so I had to stop. And then, because um, I wanted to give it my full attention. And then yeah. Sunday came, and I didn't have time to finish it, so I waited until Monday. And and that was when I spoke with my supervisor, who knew about it, and said, yeah, that's a Spike Lee movie. And then everything clicked, and I was like, yep, this is my... <laughs> and then I finished it, and I was like, yep, final showdown at this temple. Uh-huh. Yep, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. that, monologues. Yep, this is Spike yep, Lee. monologues. This is Spike Lee! This is Spike Lee! And, like, all clicked. Yeah, all of the, uh, the ass, the documents just popping onto screen. We got the, the, like, 
that shot where Otis is standing with his daughter and the background's moving and they're moving forward. That's just like that Black Klansman shot. It is. It is. I was like, I was laughing during that part. I was like, oh man. Not <laughs> like, to mention the, the, the music as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Major part of this movie, the music. I mean, the, the score as it well as... It was fantastic music. Yeah, the score was so dramatic. I mean, it's the same. It's really reminded me of the Black Klansman score. Um, obviously, and it was I silent thought, through a lot of it. Like it was very tense yeah, because yeah, there was, was there so was tense. no sound. You really were just hearing sounds of of the forest and just like yeah, the jungle, the cicadas the jungle. and stuff. But uh, yeah. then also that really intense music, and then also like the the James Brown songs. Uh, yes, as well yes. as other other songs from the '60s that were like prominent um, to to display the emotions of the characters. Yeah, um, I love that they that they use the same actors to play their younger selves with yes. their with their older selves. But then, uh, but then Norman stayed young because that's how mm-hmm. he died. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I enjoyed that. that. Was good too. Yeah, and how the screen would the screen would uh, go to small, not widescreen, but uh, the other the other size. What is it? Yes, uh, like like three four square. Yeah, um, it, it would yeah. switch between the, the the aspect ratio would switch as you were you were going through the movie. That was, as you were that going was from presently happening to to past happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I really liked the 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 parts with the radio, like with the lady saying like, mm. you know, this is this is dedicated to you know the the battalions, um, and then you know she says like you know good night boys, and then she like. Um, and then she like plays the music because it's like it's this movie covered a lot. It was like it was kind of like the racial tension, um, the not residual, but you know the the kind of in in the background causing causing these men to to grow up this way and to be this way now um, mm-hmm. from the racial tensions in America, but now coming into racial tensions in Vietnam um, yeah. with all of the people that they come into contact with, and you know people mm-hmm. having uh, having lasting aggression and lasting uh, vengeance towards them. Because um, it, it's recent history. People's, like, actual family members were killed by Americans or killed by the communists, right? So it's, like, yeah. a a very real wound that still exists in Vietnam. Yeah. 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 It's it's definitely wild. They uh, Also in this Atlantic article, um, they did say that it took a long time to develop this, this script. Um... And that one of the the people who wrote the original script um, had died. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna try and like figure it out here um, who who it was, but they were a very big fan of Spike Lee's um, his movies. So, yeah. Okay. So Paul DeMeo. He, so he is also credited on this IMDb article um, of being uh, the writer as well to this movie, Who Died. Um, oh, I see, I see. Yeah, and apparently he was a very big fan of Spike Lee's, but uh, just just to, like, have... Th- this actually... This, they talk about in this Atlantic article the fact that it, it actually was morphed from a story about a bunch of white dudes and, like, one black guy doing this kind of thing where they go and find the gold and then, you know, like have to get the body of their, uh, old guy, kind of like in, in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. 
and it just kind of morphed into something else, obviously. But right. um, they were talking about how it's a, so. Danny Bilson talks about how him and Paul DeMeo were best friends and writing partners for forty two years, and they met at college at Cal State San Bernardino, and there their professor, their writing professor, uh, was called John Millis, and he uh, was a was the writer for Apocalypse Now. So they they wanted to make this movie. Really? After having the writing teacher from Apocalypse Now, the <gasps> screenwriter, and then it kind of just morphed into this movie. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's honestly like, it's you could tell that there was like a lot of love for this movie, and although I, I didn't love the violence in it, it definitely was a good a good story and a good like way of looking back onto the Vietnam War. I think I think Spike Lee's uh gore um even though gory, I think it's tasteful. Um so there's uh there's that. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of tasteful gore and not like dramatic unnecessary gore. Even though I'm pretty sure if you had gotten blown up by a landmine, you wouldn't have been alive as long as as long as uh, Eddie was. That was um, I, I don't know. That was sad. I, that was real sad. I real I think I mean I, I I think my favorite characters were probably Otis and Melvin, um, just because they were the sweetest characters. Um, yeah. The Melvin being the doctor guy, he just was so cute, and he said some really funny lines. There was that one line that he said. Uh, that I think, made I think me Eddie was the... laugh out loud. Oh, what did he say? Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, Oh my god, I I I can't I can't remember. He said something that was so funny that it made me laugh. It was like uh, I I don't remember. I don't remember. But that was like the only time I laughed in the entire movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, what was it? I laughed I laughed at the at the part where they said where they where they showed the Trump rally and Paul was in the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> I laughed that was, at that, that part. Was silly. Yeah, uh, that was very funny. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. Rem- and then the other part I, I feel like I remember like laughing out loud at was when uh, Otis went back and like officially met his daughter and they they did that hug and then we're going down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was supposed to be funny. No, um, it wasn't. But. The, the 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 like creepy smile she gave was like was very yeah, off-putting and, I, and, I, couldn't, and I couldn't help but yeah. laugh yeah i know i was like mm, why is this so creepy yeah yeah like she didn't close her eyes when she was hugging him and i was like mm, i mean eh, i don't know <laughs> but yeah yeah i uh yeah i don't know um i would say that I think, like, I'm just going to predict this, that Delroy Lindo, who played Paul, might get an Oscar nomination for this. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thought great. he was really good. Like, it was, he was like, great. you know, it, this guy was giving it. He was, he was going. Like, you know, it was, it was good. <laughs> It was a good performance, and just and and just you know with how with how hot and humid it is in in Vietnam, he was just sweating so much. Like it's just, 
he he did a fantastic <laughs> job. He just did. And He's the emotions, so he had yeah. to like bring it. He had to do a whole monologue. He had to cry. I mean, it it was it was emotional for that dude. He um, he he. I can't even say he he brought it. He definitely brought he brought it. it. I I also would like. I really kind of got onto Jonathan Majors as well. That guy is is pretty fine. Um, I'm definitely gonna. <clears throat> he played David. I'm definitely gonna watch. Uh, Lovecraft Country now because yeah that's I saw on the that. HBO show yeah yeah the HBO Max and he's also in that movie that we didn't get to watch last year uh, the A twenty four movie the last black man in San Francisco we should yeah, watch I that as to well watch that yeah so we should watch that and we should watch Lovecraft Country when you sign up for HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... the, the, the second I set up my free HBO Max account, I will, I'll send you, I will send you that. I'll send well, you that. Well, I just it. want you to get up on that so that we can watch Lovecraft Country and American Pickle. American Pickle? What the heck is that? that? The, the new movie with Seth Rogen where he plays basically... The guy that goes <laughs> back a... in time? No, it's like or a f- comedy... He gets he gets pickled and and he's he mm-hmm, goes mm-hmm. forward in time as like his mm-hmm, ancestor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I want to watch that. Oh man! All right, we got we got some stuff. Okay, I'll I'll get on that. I'll get on that. Um. Also, the bad guy in this Gene, played by Gene Reno, uh, who's who's on uh, Leon the Professional. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. That guy, he's scary at the very beginning, but he is so frightening in the end. <laughs> oh yeah, like during the during the face off. Oh man, he just I, I thought it was gonna go down like so much sooner, but then he Oh man, he was he was kind of a badass. He was an asshole, but he he was a badass. He was a bad asshole. Again, it's that super dramatic spikely yeah. like I think that's what kind of turned me off from this movie and, and and I feel bad saying that because it generally was a good movie it's just I didn't I didn't like that the characters like the bad guy and like stuff like that they were just it was was too cl- clearly put together like I just feel like that's not how bad people work like it just kind of seemed like it was too obvious that this guy was evil, or it was like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it was just too predictable in the end that they were all going to get shot down like this, you know? Yeah, no, I'll agree that, that out of all the Spike Lee movies, this is probably not one that I will likely watch again. Yeah. Um, like, I will love to watch Black Klansman again. I love oh, that movie. And, so much. And Do the Right Thing, that is, like, honestly one of my favorites. Like, it is such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I don't know. But, it, like, this one is good, so we should talk about uh, the, I guess you could, we could read the plot keywords. Oh, yes. So the plot keywords we got for the five bloods are, oh, we got a lot on here. They, they fit a lot. Um, this is more. This is more than five. Is it? Like it's six here. Six. No. Yes, it's six. It's six. All right. So we've got... <laughs> And one of them is something we talked about. Okay, here we go. The plot keywords for The Five Bloods are 1960s, reciting the 23rd uh, Psalm. Psalms? Yeah. Psalm? Psalms. Psalm. Um, post-traumatic stress disorder, father-son relationship, mul- multiple aspect ratios. 
Yeah, that's uh, they're all very very relevant. Um, I found the the quote that Melvin says that's really funny. It's oh, actually yeah. in the quotes on IMDb, which is great. Yeah, the quote section. Um, Vin says, I can help you get out of the country. And Otis says, all right, we'll give you a share. How much is that? Million. We want in two. You want in? Yeah. And Otis is like, all right. And then Melvin goes, damn, Otis just put the gold on Craigslist. Yeah, yeah, I remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was so funny. Uh, that was That was the best... That was the best part. Um, oh, I also would just like to say that uh, this this movie felt like something I'd seen before, other than the fact that it's a, a full cast of black people. I totally understand that, and that's, like, a really good point, and it has that added layer. But it just felt like kind of a typical movie where Americans go into a foreign country trust the wrong people and end up getting murdered. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, or just, or just really, um, or just really not being prepared, I mean, for what could happen. I mean, I, I will say that I was not expecting all this craziness to happen by the end. Um, if, if I'd known from the beginning that I started a Spike Lee movie, maybe I would have, maybe I would have expected it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that I got through halfway through this movie and didn't know and forgot that this was a Spike Lee movie, um, uh, it's, I mean, and, and the way they reacted when Otis had like a gun, I, I was like, why not have one? I know. Like, I, like, again, who, like, it who makes do you sense. think you're going to run into? You could like, run I mean, into a fucking panther. Like you need a gun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, Tien, Tien, or Tien, I think was yeah. was, uh, was his lady's name. Yeah. Um, like, of course, she gave him the gun for for gold madness, which of course was the more dramatic route. But I mean, if you think right. about it logically, I mean, <laughs> like Paul got bit by a snake, and yeah. and you just don't know what you're going to run into. Like you just need to have that stuff. Like how did you? How did you? I, I would have much rather gone into a v, a Vietnam jungle with a gun before I brought bug spray. <laughs> I would have like, brought. I think the number one thing that you need going into a Vietnam jungle is a fucking metal detector, dude. And a metal detector. <laughs> and a I cannot. Metal I will never go there because of exactly. this movie. Never. And I'm sure oh, it's an excellent man. place. I I'm just absolutely so afraid of mines. Like, well, I, you can you I, can go there just to go to the cities. You don't have to go in the jungle. Yeah. Well, every time they would be not on a path, I would freak out. Like this movie was hard to watch. <laughs> I also felt like the fact that David came across the gold just by yeah. going somewhere to take a piss, and yeah. he found it. That was, was just too like, easy. It was too. It was too fast. It was too it quick. It was too fast. It, it was, was way it was like, too fast. No, 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 no. That was not like yeah, t- again. Not a perfect screenplay. Not at all. You know. Oh, the the part the part that I really liked that was really funny um, was uh, Melvin says, um, and maybe someday if I come to Paris, you can show me the Champs Elysees. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was and, adorable. And yep. Hetty and Hetty laughed so hard. <laughs> I know. She's like, what? It was like, so funny. They're in the middle, like they're all gonna die, and she's like cracking up. Like it was it was definitely good. 
Yeah, it was so I, funny. I, I did feel the... I felt the realism. I felt the the... I felt that the actors were really good, and I felt that the the direction was very good as well. So, yeah. you know, yeah. obviously it's going to be, because it's Spike Lee. <laughs> obviously. He's he, he's, a, he's a magical man. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He only makes magic. Um, um, so it got an 82 Metascore, but only yes. because the AV Club knocked it down with a 42. The um, AV Club hated it. <laughs> oh, ooh, I, I think we should read it just so we can kind of figure out what's going on here. Uh, okay, you wanna you wanna do that or what? Uh, sure. Okay, it says Spike Lee's cultural messaging for once fails him in the politically muddled *The Five Bloods*. With the film, Lee offers his submission to a history of bloodied masculine Vietnam War movies. Sadly, he's more concerned with making a Vietnam movie that looks black than one that actually takes on the complexities of blackness, war, and global imperialism. I mean, uh, the only part that I will agree with is is that, you know, of I mean, of course he needed to bring up what was going on in America, um, because of course it's still happening, unfortunately. And, um, and it did feel a, a little bit disconnected since they were and and are for a, for all of the movie basically in Vietnam, in Vietnam and they're dealing yeah. they're dealing with those issues rather than the issues back home uh-huh. but i mean but i'm also not surprised that he tied it back and and i feel like was still able to tie it back in a pretty successful way yeah i i think i wanted more um more experience in the 60s uh I, I would have loved more flashbacks. I would have loved yeah, way more. I think it would have been so better if there was kind of two stories being told. Yeah. Um, versus kind of just snapshots, it, it felt like. Yeah, I felt like what we were getting from, from the present day veterans was enough to tell us what happened back in the day. The fact that they took the time to yeah. to reenact these, these yeah. scenes in the past seemed almost irrelevant. I agree. I totally agree. Um Obviously, there was things that we needed to know about, but it was just like, right? Why even bother? I did actually like that flashback where we got the titles that were like all of the Vietnamese soldiers talking about their sweethearts at home and writing poems and just talking about like normal human things, uh, and then they just all get shot and die. Like it was like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I also I like the that part that with the. Uh, I also like the part with the Martin Luther King uh, assassination. Yeah, um, with, where they were with listening H- to the radio. Hanoi, Hanoi Hannah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. that was yeah. also really good. That was a very emotional part as well, and also something that brought a lot of context to it. That was definitely mm-hmm. necessary. Uh, just, just the fact that these Black Americans were dealing with. Um, a fucking insane war while also uh, worried about their family and friends and blackness in America in their homeland. I mean, the amount of stress and, and intense um, like feelings and and just the amount of stuff that they would have to deal with as humans, it, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. And obviously this movie did bring that to light. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I would like to read. Like? I, I like the the Los Angeles Times one. If you if you want to read that one, sure. Okay, so the Los Angeles Times gave it an eighty. Uh, the tonal shifts can be so abrupt as to induce whiplash, not to mention a kind of moral and narrative chaos, which seems to be very much to the movie's point. The rich, tumultuous history of black black life over the past century could certainly find a worse cinematic analog than this heady swirl of wry comedy, seductive music, ferocious argument, and devastating carnage. Mm. I think there's a lot of good words in there. Justin Chang. Yeah, he uses he uses a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> As a writer, you know, just a, yeah, exactly. I'm somebody who writes words. He's he uses so many words. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, I kind of like. I kind of like the Hollywood Reporter one. Um, mm-hmm. Even if, uh, who gave it an 80 also, even if To Five Bloods at times seems to be morphing into an entirely different movie, its playfulness as much as its raw power keeps you glued. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, because there were some really great scenes. I really liked, you know, how um, in the beginning when, you know, all four of them, like, meet up in Vietnam and they go to that bar together and they kind of, we kind of get our first a look at Paul and kind of see where he's where he's at in his life. He's like he doesn't really like immigrants. He doesn't like people of 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 really other uh ethnicities than himself. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and uh, and his family. And uh, that's probably why he he took he took the Trump side. Um mm-hmm. with his uh with his oh my god, and the fact that he had a maga hat. I couldn't. I know. <laughs> And it was like Spike Lee and the, the writers were like, it's kind of like the evil following around. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Any other ones uh, we like? Uh, let's see. Ooh, there, there's a Roger Ebert one. I do like uh, RogerEbert.com. By, by Odie. <laughs> Odie? <laughs> uh, wow, they liked it. They gave it a 100. Uh-huh. Uh Lee has crafted an exciting, violent film that can be enjoyed as strictly that, but what elevates it to the great to greatness is what it says and what it shows about the perception of blackness, whether in heroic situations or human ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in that sense, yeah. it's it's great. Like, it's very well-rounded and it's very, it's exciting, but it and, and also has those really intense moments, but it's also very thought-provoking. And so that's, yeah. that's you know, that's really good. Like, we need more movies like this, and I, I'm really glad that we watched it. Yeah, I'm glad we watched it, too. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. that's it. Yeah, if you if you like this episode, you can uh, leave a comment. You can let us know your thoughts. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. Just search All by the Popcorn. Or you could email us along with any other uh, future episodes, like any future movies that you'd like us to cover. Um, you can email us at allbythepopcorn at gmail.com or allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. You could also rate and review our little show we have here. It helps others to find us. You can do that on Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. And if you need notifications on when we release our episodes, you can follow our social media. We've got Twitter, at ByThePopcorn, and Instagram, at AllByThePopcornPodcast, as well as Facebook. Um, 
And uh, we have merch. We also have a YouTube page to search Abba the Popcorn Podcast and subscribe to that. We plan to use that a lot more in the future, maybe with live recordings or just live just chat sessions with all of you if that's something you'd be interested in. Um, But currently, we're just adding our audio to it. So uh, more to come with that. But uh, yeah, that's all we got. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.